0: Maggie, thank you. I think you're my favorite 10th grade singer. <laughs> I did not mean to do this, uh, but I was reminded this morning, if you saw the cover of your bulletin and the title to how to sing. Okay, what are y'all doing? Is it next week? Next week we're going on a cruise, thanks a <laughs> <God. laughs> Next week Bill and Kay are going on a cruise. They told me that, and then the next week before they go, I I do that too. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to do that. We're gonna talk about really how to fail, how to mess up. Could I close with a prayer now because you already know how? I mean, really. If I say, this is how to fail, you already figured that out? So if you were going to give somebody advice, if they came up to you and said, you know, I really want to mess my life up. I really want to just, just ruin everything. Give me some advice. Would you know what to tell them? Would you have some clues and just say, well, let's He's get- Eat, drink, and be married. I guess it depends on what you eat and what you drink and what you're married. Okay. So I'll go on because you're real uncomfortable right now. We had the good fortune to spend time yesterday with dear friends from Indiana. We met them in Nashville. We caught up about old times. You, you do that, don't you, with people you haven't seen in a while? And, You'll ask questions about how so-and-so and what's going on in so and so's life. Sometimes you hear great things and other times you hear bad news. Yes or no day was no exception, we did that. You hear about people's health, their transition in their lives and their family. But the, the saddest stories that you hear, and you've heard this before, are about people that are going backwards in their faith. You heard that before? Yeah, they they used to, and then they and you hear things. But we're here today to move forward. Uh, and I'm going to give this word of warning today about how to fail, how to sink. And it would be best for us to heed these warnings. Before we go further, I'm going to look at a good bit of scripture. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word and help us to take heed. Help us to look and to listen and to learn and to live by your principles and your word. Forgive us when we mess up. Forgive us when we begin to sink. Reach out to Satan. In Jesus' name, amen. So you probably know one of the Bible stories that I'm, I'm going to look at. I'll get there in a minute. But we're going to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is, well, let me read it and then we'll talk about it. Paul says, I, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. Remember the cloud that protected the children of Israel during the day on their journey wandering in the wilderness? That's where this is they all passed through the sea, they were all baptized in the Moses, in the cloud in the sea they all ate the same spiritual food the manna, drank the same spiritual drink and God gave them water that's the history that's going over. for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them that rock was Christ nevertheless God was not pleased with most of them and they were struck down in the wilderness now these things occurred as examples of us so that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters as some of them did, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. Do not complain as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example. They were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So if you think you're standing, watch out that you do not fall. You see what Paul is doing here? He's warning us not to live like the wayward of children of, of Israel did. And he gave us some of the examples that you'd have to read back through the Old Testament to see what this is talking about, but we do this today. Parents do this with their children. they use it Examples of people that have failed to encourage their children not to fail. You either had this done to you or you have done this. You look at your little child and you say, I knew a little boy that didn't brush his teeth. You ever use that one? Trying to scare them to death to brush their teeth. Or I, I knew a little girl that didn't drink her milk. Or we had a kid once that didn't eat his vegetables. And we do things like that. In my household, I'm the youngest of five with three older brothers. And they would tell me that they said we had an older brother that I never met that one day smarted off to our father. And I thought, well, okay, I don't want to do that. And it wasn't true, but that I know of. It could have been. So, anyway. so scripture's filled with warnings by things that, hey, hey. This is the story. And, and that's one of the things I love about the Bible is because it tells a story about people, warts and all. It, it said that Noah had a drinking problem and Moses murdered and, well, David, well, he, he liked the women. And, and, and those kinds of stories are told us and it, it warns us and it tells us you, know, you, you might want to be careful or you're going to get in trouble. There are a lot of teaching moments. Genesis 3, 1-6 is a teaching moment. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say to you not to eat of the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat of the fruit in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or touch it or you will die. Does anybody not understand that verse, verse 3? Is that pretty clear? You, You don't don't eat it. Don't touch it. If you do, you'll die. Seems clear. You won't die, the serpent said. God knows your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it. You'll be like God knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced, and she saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took the fruit and ate it, gave up to her husband, who's with her, and he ate it too. And the sinking began. So it would be fair to say what led to this failure is not listening to God. And when we do that, trouble comes. Here's another. I had trouble, I've got a lot of scripture I've warned you today, but I had trouble narrowing it down. But These are some of the good ones. 1 Kings chapter 11. King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had instructed, clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your heart to their gods. So you understand that part. Don't marry the foreign people that worship other gods and turn your heart away. That's what God said. Yet Solomon instructed, uh, insisted on loving them anyway, he had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. That's a thousand women if you're doing the math there. <laughs> wow. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord, his God, his father David. Solomon worshipped Asherah, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Moloch, the detestable gods of the Ammonites. And this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. That's not the sermon today, but I love what it's already said twice about David, that David was perfect. David was perfect. We know that he wasn't, but God forgave him and saw him as perfect. I love that. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, verse 7, he even built a pagan shrine for Shemash, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Moab, the detestable god of the Solomon built shrines for his, all of his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. So the Lord was very angry with Solomon. His heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He warned Solomon specifically about worshiping <laughs> other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's word. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one. It's like Adam and Eve. Solomon, the wisest man in the world, <coughs> did not listen to plain instruction from God. Do you see a pattern developing here? If you want to sink, if you want to fail, ignore God's word. Do not listen. That's what the devil wants us to do. But we know that God will Best. In fact, about His Word, God says this in James 1.22. But be doers of the Word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. James really tells us when God tells you to do something, do it. You don't just hear it. Do it. Our next scripture is about a hearer who became a doer who took his eyes off of God and he became a saint. Literally, this is the story you figured we would get. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22. Immediately, he Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead on the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, and the wind was against them. Early in the morning, he came towards them, walking towards them on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, and I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water. Came towards Jesus. When he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and called him, saying to him, You little faith, why did you doubt? I love this story. Here we see that Peter listened. He was obedient. He was a hearer and a doer. Get out, and he got out. But then he lost his focus and he began to sink. <clears throat> Look at verse 30. When he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sing. He cried out, Lord, save me. Peter shows us how to sing. If you take your eyes off of Jesus, if you forget your connection to God, you're going to sing. You're headed for trouble. It's interesting how he tells them, you have little faith, why did you doubt? What's that say about the faith of the other guys in the boat that didn't even ask? But everything's going okay and he's looking at Jesus and he's like a toddler walking. Look at me, look at me. And then he gets distracted like we can. The winds and the waves. And he began to sing. You remember Peter's nickname from later on in Scripture, don't you? The rock. He sank like one on this day? I wonder how far God let him get. How far Jesus let him go. Knees, hips, shoulders, crown of his head. I don't know. He picked him up and that's good. There are a lot of applications here. Many applications. If I exclude God, if I quit listening to God about my relationship with my wife, what's going to happen? Good thing or bad thing? Bad thing. What's one thing God tells me about my wife? What should I do as a husband and a Christian towards my wife? One thing. Cherish her. Cherish her, love her. Okay. Is that a good thing to listen to? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But if I decide to not listen, I will sin. If I exclude God from my finances, and Scripture says a lot of it, finances. And I'm not one that says, if you love God enough, you'll be rich. I'm not there with the prosperity gospel people, but God tells us to be careful and to be wise and to give. But if I don't listen to God with my finances and decide that maybe the best form of retirement is to go to Vegas and put it all on something, it's probably not a good idea. I will see. If I exclude God from the way I treat other people, I will save. If I exclude God from my moral choices, I'm in trouble. There's so many examples, and some of them have names, and some of them we remember, and and I don't feel bad mentioning these names because it was so widespread, but it's been a while back, Jimmy Swagger took his eyes off of God. Remember that now? Yeah. He stopped listening and he sang. Or he began to. Jim Baker, about the same time, did the same thing and began to sing. But the neat story is that today they would both tell you that God lifted me back up. They started listening again. That's good news. My friend Paul, we went to school together flirted with God is the best way I know how to say it, for 35 years. He'll call me every now and then. Update me on his life, and it is a roller coaster. Alcohol and drugs have enslaved him. He does fine for a while. And he gets involved in ministry and church, and then not so much, and he takes his eyes off the prize and he's He can tell you how to fail. But he knows how to get back up. He just needs to. Someone I loved very much years ago was in the middle of some type of a church dispute. He got his feelings hurt, and I don't know exactly what happened, but he went from always there to never again. And since he didn't go, his young son didn't grow up in church. One day a few years back, he called me and all worried about some things his son had posted on the internet. His son was an atheist. And he called me and said, how can this be? Because he sang. And when he sang, he took his family with him. Amen. When we stop listening and we stop doing, stop being hearers and stop being doers, we suffer. And our families suffer. And there are eternal consequences that have a butterfly effect throughout all of time. So it is so vitally important that we listen and that we do. So be careful out there. The good news is thinking doesn't have to be permanent. There's hope for my friend Paul and the atheist young man. It's like the song that says I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained with them, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despair and cry from the water who lifted me, now safe and I. When you leave this place, if you're a person of faith, you should be so thankful that love has lifted you you're not a person of faith you come see me after church and let's pray Father that is true when nothing else can help love lifts us so thank you if all of us in this room are Christian thank you that you've lifted us and help us to be obedient